Welcome to the Spirit Underground Podcast with Dharma teachers Spring Washam and Lama Rod Owens. These conversations will include topics on Black liberation theology, healing with plant-based medicine, indigenous wisdom, Buddhist-based meditation practices, and reconnecting to our ancestral knowledge. Together we will explore what freedom means individually, collectively, and spiritually. If you would like to support the Spirit Underground podcast, please visit the BeHereNowNetwork.com slash donate. Hi, everybody. We are back with another episode of the Spirit Underground Conversations on Liberation. This is Spring Washam. And this is Lama Rod. Here we are. We're back <laughs> again. again. <laughs> just when you thought we were finished. <laughs> oh, we got lots to talk about. We're just getting started with this podcast. So, everybody. You got to check out our episodes, but this is a special episode um, that we get to talk about around Lama Rod's incredible new book, The New Saints, from Heartbreak to Liberation, Mm -hmm. and I am so excited about this conversation and this book, and I just want to say a couple of things before we dive deep into it, and that is that when I read the manuscript a few months ago, I, it really hit me in a big way. And one of the themes that I wanted to talk about today was it moved me. And at first I was, you know, so inspired, but then I got really scared, you know, about how honest it was, Mm -hmm. how truthful it was. And I remember we had conversations where I was really scared for you. Mm -hmm. Like, is it okay that we are sharing, Mm -hmm. you know, so much personal, um, heartbreak Mm -hmm. so much you know how much do we share as teachers Mm -hmm. and it just it 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 brought up a lot of fear and then when Mm -hmm. i moved past the fear i began to feel the liberation in it the truth telling the honesty and then i began to have my own journey with it as i opened to it then places in me started opening and so i wanted to talk about you know the book the theme Mm -hmm. and also this radical truth telling mm-hmm. you know you are so vulnerable mm-hmm. you are so willing to talk about your traumas mm-hmm. to share who you who you are your mm-hmm. your needs your your journey your suffering mm-hmm. and i feel now that it really opened the door to my own suffering in a, in a new way it's like mm-hmm. you went first and then you gave permission mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. okay let's get real now this yeah. is you know so i, I wanted to just um hear a little bit more about the process for you writing yeah. this, yeah. you know, the new saints and, and that title and, you know, mm-hmm. and also the heartbreak. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to get into some of these topics mm-hmm. with you today and just share it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and one of the things that instantly comes to mind, of course, is James Baldwin. Um and particularly two ideas of his. First, you know, where he talks about how if this hurt you, you have to know it hurt me first. You know, in terms of like his mm-hmm. writing and work. It's like if you're having an experience, then you have to know I had it first. Right. So like I'm not 
divorced from this work. Like this work is something that's moved through my body, right? And I've had to change in the same way that others change when they come to the work, right? Um, and that's, of course, has been so true of my experience of Baldwin anyway. You know, mm-hmm. the ways in which he's ha- helped me to open really deeply to these parts of myself, you know, particularly as a young person. Um, and then the second piece, too, the second idea from Baldwin is when he talks about how, like, we think we're the only ones in the world suffering until we read, right? Until we right. read other, you know? And all of a sudden, we're not isolated anymore. We're part of this, like, this continuum of experience. And so we feel like we belong, you know? And, of course, that, for me, decreases my my experience of suffering, Right. Um, So all of that is really important, you know, as we kind of move into talking about the book, because for me, you know, you know, as a prelude to to this discussion, for me, it's it's been part of my work to embody a path um, and to tell the truth about the path, you know, from the perspective of my body and my life and my all of my identities, right? And that's not what I had coming up in, in Dharma practice. You know, I had mostly white teachers, like fantastic white teachers, but they didn't reflect me, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I realized that part of my work was to, as authentically as possible, embody this path of liberation and to tell the truth about it, to present it back to people in the same way I experience it. Right. Um, right. And that was just like very strong at the very beginning of my practice. Like, this is what you're going to do. Like, you're not going to pretend to be anything other than you are. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, right. And I just couldn't. I, cause, so that feels very natural to me. That feels very innate. Right. So the books that I've done in the past, you know, Radical Dharma, Love and Rage have been very honest and very open. Right. And so Love and Rage came out during the quarantine 2020. And Love and Rage was a book that I was writing for the future. So as I was writing Love and Rage, I didn't really get it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why am I writing this? Well, first of all, I didn't want to write a book on anger. Right. You know, and secondly, when as I was writing, I just couldn't actually connect to it. Like, I was Mm. like, this doesn't seem to be talking about what's happening now so like i just felt very disconnected the whole Mm -hmm. time i was putting Mm -hmm. the manuscript together and the manuscript was mostly transcribed teachings right so i was like developing the book as i was teaching and taking teachings you know and and working them into the actual manuscript so but when love and rage dropped during the pandemic it was like oh this book was for this year. <laughs> right? Yeah, it all starts to make sense, right? Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, <clears throat> I, I really learned something important about just trusting the process, trusting what the book wants, because the book really takes on personality, it's, it's conscious, right? When I start a book, it becomes conscious, right? And so I, from Love and Rage, I learned to trust it. Right. And so, of course, the same year, 2020, you know, after Love and Rage came out, um, uh, Love and Rage came out in June and then later George Floyd or before I I forget what the placement of everything was. But um, 
But the the killing of George Floyd, of course, ignited this whole movement. Again, renewed movement for for Black life, liberation of Black life. Um, and I just saw so many people just like, you know, on the streets organizing, right? And then I was like in the media, you know, with the book, you know, helping people to make sense of the importance of anger, you know, and organizing and activism, you know. So I was going, you know, head to head, head to head with some folks, right? That I was like, you know, right. I, All these yeah, activists, yeah. everyone was so emotional. Everyone was so emotional. It was and so then hard. there were people who were just like not really connecting to the, to the urgency of the moment. So all that was happening. But really, something really began to shift when I hosted a panel for the uh, public, for the New York Public Library system. And that was Pride Month, June of that year. And I um, moderated a panel um, for millennial um, activists. And it was really during that panel where I was like, huh, I think I could like offer something really mm. interesting. Mm-hmm. To how people are beginning to think right now about what it means to to be change agents and to be good, right? And to make sense of like the shift that we're experiencing as a collective, you know, which you know I call the the apocalypse, which I've been talking about for years at this point. And I was like, okay, there's something here that's actually calling me into engagement. Um, and then of course Tina Turner, who's now our ancestor. You know, her song, um, We Don't Need Another Hero, you know, which is, you know, 80s power ballad from. Oh, yeah. You know, That's an epic ballad right there. It's so I love an 80s power ballad. Oh, my God. Like, I just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I just like and she that song was just like in my head. Like, we, we don't, don't need, need another, another hero. hero. We don't uh-huh. need another hero. I was like, huh, okay, there's something there. And then slowly this idea of, like, how can we, like, become saints? Like, I want to become a saint, but not in the same way we understand saints. But there's got to be a new contemporary understanding of sainthood. Of course, based upon the Bodhisattva tradition, you know, in Buddhism, which is the, you know, the Buddha saint you know, um, ideal. And and I've been, of course, doing a lot of thinking about bodhisattvas as well. So that all came together. And I was like, oh, the bodhisattva, I can, I want to rethink the bodhisattva tradition for mm-hmm. contemporary, um, act, you know, socially engaged folks. Like, I, I want a manual that, yeah, that that's accessible. That. A modern manual. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and something that is written in the language of people who are doing the work, right? Yeah. And then I've, I was like, wait, I'm doing the work. So it's like, it's my language, right? Um, and that's where New Saints really started to emerge from, was this idea that, like, this could be a, re, a reinterpretation of the Bodhisattva tradition in a way that feels really direct and contemporary. But first and foremost, it had to be really truthful and honest yes you know and, and i had who, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. i was going to just say sorry keep going because i was just going to explain oh, go ahead. a little bit of the bodhisattva for those who might not know yeah. that term bodhi mm-hmm. means mm-hmm. awake and safa means hero mm-hmm. you know so the bodhisattva is a vow 
that we take to be of service to all beings, to live altruistic lives, to be for the greater good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I wanted to just rethink all of those, like virtue, what it means to be good, what it means to do good, right? And to to situate that in a really contemporary, modern, you know, um, kind of like setting, right? You know, I wanted people just to be able to pick up the book and not get lost in all the the jargon and the dogma, you know, like you, you know, you had to explain all of that, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, let's let's rethink the language so we don't have to go through all of that. You know, um, like, what does it mean to do good work in my body in this time of apocalypse and the collapse of so many of these old systems? Like, what does it mean to be in the world and change the world right now? Right. And that's where I started. Right. Yeah. Let's start there for a second. Here we go with this idea of being good. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So this is like in the beginning chapters. I love it. It's like. All these do-gooders, everybody was activated, everyone's trying. But this is something that I think is so important um, about this conversation that we're having today. Because, you know, what I'm understanding about myself, and, you know, being a Dharma teacher, being Mm -hmm. a writer, being in these Mm -hmm. conversations, we're constantly in evolution, everybody. Mm -hmm. We're not depositing ourselves as enlightened, Mm -hmm. like this is the final word you know what we're we're growing all the time and this but some idea people are though yeah some people There's, are yeah. yeah which is amazing and <laughs> call something. us we'll interview <laughs> <people>. <laughs> um but this i want to start with that idea of being good yeah. because i think mm-hmm. so many of us in the spiritual traditions that we've come out of whether mm-hmm. it's buddhism or christianity mm-hmm. or islam or hinduism yeah. To be good means to suppress something else. Yeah. So if I'm good, then oh, I mm-hmm. must, I need to hide mm-hmm. or suppress all my mm-hmm. rage and anger, greed or lust or yeah. longing. Yeah. And I think there was something so refreshing yeah. about your book is we start with this idea, like let's let's give up this ideal idea, yeah, yeah. and let's get down to what's really here, yeah. and that it seems so beneficial because we're we're not trying to live into an ideal yeah. we're trying to honor what is really here so you're the way you write in the mm-hmm. beginning it opens the door to all the totality of our being yeah right instead of this dualistic way of okay if i'm i'm on the path of light yeah. light light yeah, exactly. do good compassion exactly. compassion and yeah. then we negate all of this trauma mm-hmm. and suffering and we bypass it we overlook it or we just yeah. think Oh, those aren't my good parts. Exactly. Right. And because we're like, we actually don't know how to metabolize the shadow or Mm -hmm. the discomfort or the pain. And so we think that we just have to push it away or repress it and then just kind of cling to this idea of light, (laughs) you know? Yes. That's the new age movement too, right? It's like, don't cry, just be light. Just be happy. Yeah. (laughs) Toxic happiness. Yeah, they call it toxic happiness, right? Exactly. Where you're just like, you know, things are not okay, but you yeah. overlay this on because you, yeah. yeah. So I like how right at the beginning, it's mm-hmm. like, let's be really real here. Yeah. You know, being good, this yeah. concept doesn't mean that we don't have these other parts and how are we integrating them? And I mm-hmm. found that 
the way you wrote it, the way you Mm -hmm. expressed it, the way you named it, it allowed for this other part of myself to come out that I felt my, oh, that I was unconscious. It's Freudian, you know, the unconscious parts of our mind um, that we disassociate from. Yeah. And that need to be integrated and liberated. So yeah. I just, I love that. that So maybe we can talk more about this, this good, this idea of yeah. good. Well, I think it's like so much of our goodness is very performative, right? And we, I think from an early age, we learn what to do and what not to do, right? We learn what to do to get the resources that we need. And we learn not what not to do, right? That would jeopardize those resources, Right. So when I was growing up, it was like, oh, you have to be a good boy or a good girl. Right. You know, just kind of like in, in, in that intense, like binary dualism. Right. But to mm. be a good boy, it was like it just started feeling like to be a to be considered a good boy. I just had to be quiet. I had to say yes and no. I had to accept things. I couldn't express what I really needed. You know, um, I had to suppress my own needs. Right. You know, Um and that over time just felt like really intense suffering. I it, it was like I was losing a, an experience of who I really was, right? Mm-hmm. And then I started like falling into this cycle of just wanting to please everyone, right? To get everything that I thought I needed, like love, you and know, approval, and, and approval, and, validation. Yeah, we, all want, of that. we want to belong, so we, we start there. We're doing this because we have a deep need for yeah. belonging. Yeah, especially if we're on a spiritual path, or especially yeah. if we want to feel spirit, the universe, God, the Creator. We feel yeah. like we join these communities, and then we yeah. start the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then these other shadowy parts. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we deeply disassociate, disassociate because that yeah. would mean we can't belong. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we start this kind of cutting off yeah. or something, this splitting off. And I see yeah. this in Buddhism a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, people just meditate through it without yeah. feeling it, without yeah. kind of dealing with it. Yeah. Right. We can use these ideas and concepts, mm-hmm. and then we label it as demonic, mm-hmm. dark, negative. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Instead of sort of embracing um, our confusion. Yeah. Right. The part yeah. that is, you know, troubling yeah. for us. We don't yeah. know what to do with it. And and also yeah. whole communities, they reinforce it together. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So then we become, you know, we wear masks, we become kind of fake. Right. We're yeah. not totally fake. We, right. We're sincere. Yeah. But we're but just we, not whole. We're not whole. Right. You know, and then on top of that, right, and like, and being black and queer already as black people, we were already considered less than, or we've lost a kind of like personhood, right? Because that's mm. how, you know, um, you know, like white supremacy works, like we have to be rendered less than, you know? And so I was like, okay. I thought that if I could just make people comfortable, then I could regain my personhood and validation from white people, you know? Yes. Like, oh, my gosh. So many of us do that. Yeah. And we do that. And that's another kind of performance, right? And then it gets, you know, for me, it got to a point where, and I talk about this particularly in Love and Rage, where it's just like the anger was so, like, like so buried, Mm-hmm. right that mm-hmm. it was coming up in ways that i wasn't even conscious of 
And I'm really grateful to have, to have had elders who set me down and helped me to start, you know, paying attention to the ways in which, like, my anger wasn't actually being held, you know, and cared for. And I wasn't, I wasn't consciously expressing anger or holding anger because I didn't want to be an angry black man. And I didn't want to have to deal with the consequences of how my anger made white people uncomfortable, right? And how that discomfort was weaponized as violence back against me. So I had learned to repress that and then turn into passive aggressiveness, right? Which is still Mm -hmm. part of what I still work with to this day, you know? And so I had to like cut through all of that. Like I had to let go of this idea of wanting to be validated or wanting to be seen. And I had to develop the courage to say, this is what I need. And I don't care if this makes me look good or bad, but this is what I need to do in order to experience health and well-being and happiness and and groundedness, right? And all of that, right? That deep courage is like extremely important if we want to get real about how we're experiencing the world and how like we want the world to be, you know? And there are lots of people who are very honest, you know, about how they want the world to be, right? Absolutely. And those people we get like really frustrated with, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, as well. But like, yeah, I, you know, with with goodness, it just felt like, it felt like a club that we were trying to get memberships to, like the good people club, right? And mm-hmm. And of course, in the book, I talk about how people performed goodness on social media, particularly after George Floyd and how people were just like, you know, trying to look really good by like doing certain posts, Black Lives Matter posts. And, you know, I talk about how I ended up on every like the Black people you need to follow list, you know, because (laughs) that was like, (laughs) yeah, you know, because it's like, oh, let's let me perform this goodness. But that goodness, and this is like the the main point of the work around goodness. For me, goodness is linked to the work that I'm doing to get free, right? To get free from dualism, to get free from the causes and conditions of suffering, to actually cut through delusion, right? And to experience my own awakened mind. Like, that's what I'm trying to do. So my goodness, therefore, is based upon how I'm choosing second by second to to reduce harm and violence, to reduce delusion, and to choose clarity, right? And to choose care for myself and to choose care for others. Like, that's my understanding of, of goodness. And that's also the ethical framework that I'm working with. I'm not interested in what's good and bad anymore or what I should right. or shouldn't do. Like, I'm really interested in what I should be doing to get free and what I shouldn't be doing because it gets in the way of freedom. Like, what is conducive to getting free and what isn't conducive to getting free? And from that kind of, like, um, you know, kind of framework, then I'm able to say, you know what, there are other people doing things that, like, are good for their liberation, but it's not good for mine. Like, I don't need to be a monk in a monastery right now. Like, I don't need to be in lifelong retreat. You know, like, I just, I don't need to do that. That's not what I need, but that's what other folks need, right? Right. Um, or, like, I don't have to take vows refraining from certain things because that's not an issue for me, but other folks do, 
you know? Well, I think this is a conversation that many of us are looking at right now, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, what is the path? Mm-hmm. What, how do we find our own way with this? How do we do this? I mean, I, yeah. I meet a lot of people who are beginning their spiritual journey, and then I meet people mm-hmm. who have been on the path for a long time. But I have a feeling your book is going to appeal to a lot of newer people. Yes. And that's you know, the point. It's a, it, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, mm-hmm. because they don't, they want to be themselves. Yeah. Right. And exactly. they want to be radically mm-hmm. honest. This new generation. Yeah. I tell you, they want the truth. And I love that about them. There's no bullshit. No bullshit. Don't give me these fake teachers. They've been through all of these (laughs) hypocrisies. (laughs) And they're like, Mm -hmm. I'm not listening to another fake person tell me the path. And then they go off and they're sexually molesting everyone and all these different things. Well, preach. So we start. Yeah. (laughs) So we start with this idea. It's like, it's a raw time. It's a truth-telling time. And it feels like, you know, let's not be good. Let's be honest. We know that we want to live a compassionate life. This path is about awakening to deeper levels of self-compassion. And when we do the work on ourselves, and this is really important, the shadow work liberating this from ourselves is a benevolent act of compassion for all beings. Yeah. You know, when we, when we go yeah. deep in, into our own process and we're mm-hmm. honest, this allows mm-hmm. for so much more compassion. This is what I'm seeing yeah. just in my own work. Yeah. And this yeah. is the heartbreak because yeah. it's heartbreaking when yeah. you, you dive in. I mean, come on everybody. Yeah. Don't be fooled. I want to say, do not be fooled by people selling you that this path to liberation is one joyful moment after another, yeah. one blissful, like an elevator. Yeah. You just keep taking to the, <laughs> all yeah. the way to the heaven realm. Yeah. No, you may go yeah. into the deepest yeah. work of your life. In yeah. fact, be prepared yeah. to deal with heartbreak Yeah, because our yeah. own delusions, mm-hmm. our own traumas, when we mm-hmm. really go into it, And that's the next piece I want to talk about Mm -hmm. is I love the title so much because it's like heartbroken. So Mm -hmm. many of us are so Mm -hmm. heartbroken, heartbroken by the world. Yeah. Heartbroken by. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's talk about the realness of the path and what it really brings up because, you know, this, this uh, spiritual materialistic self-help movement, it's incredibly inaccurate how it presents the, the path of awakening. Yeah. And I just need to cut through that. Your book does cut through that. Well, it's because it's about cutting through the violence of oversimplicity. Mm. Like like self-help attempts to oversimplify the work of getting free. Oh, man, does it ever. Like three (laughs) steps. Like here's here's your three steps. It's always a three-step process, right? Here's your mantra in the morning. Just say this over and over. (laughs) Right. Like here's the app for you to sign up for. Here's the membership. (laughs) You know, and like I say in the book, it's like that's part of the violence of the the wellness self-help mm-hmm. industrial complex is where people weaponize our desire for perfection and happiness against us. They sell you know, it. Yeah. They sell it. It's yeah, like if you just do this, <laughs> you'll be perfect. Because look at me. Like you see all these people on like Instagram in particular, like these self-help folks, the yoga folks, not all, mm-hmm. but like the, the folks who are just really invested in appearance and aesthetics. They're like beautiful, like, you know, and just like well manicured. 
you know, social media platforms. And I look at that and I say, what are you really selling here? Because it feels like you're selling a lifestyle. You're selling like an aesthetic, right? But I don't see you helping me through like the complexities of suffering in this world, right? And even more particular, I just want to say this too, because like, I just want to say it, but like particularly, (laughs) like I'm tired of people using like their like they're like conventional beauty mm. to sell a product to sell a a health wellness spiritual product right to use your physical beauty and your your conventional physical beauty your conventional attraction right to sell things because that's that because people know that confuses us like our attraction our eroticism feels really confusing to us because we think that when that's awakened for us you know as someone presents that to us and we're like awakening to that or we're noticing how we're uh, being attracted to someone we think that's like somehow spiritual or that's somehow the work you know and that's not it that's not that's not it but we get fooled by that and that's the politics of like desire the politics of desirability you know as people like to call it on the streets pretty privilege right you use that to to take power from folks or people rather just offer their agency to folks they find really attractive right and then you enter into this kind of like relationship it almost feels like um brainwashing in a way well yeah and it gets people in a way, deeper into their suffering because yeah. they're desiring to look like this person. They're not really desiring true liberation, like the yeah. deep work. They're, it's no. like this superficial level, right? Yeah. Oh, if I look yeah. good, I take all these Instagram mm-hmm. pictures and look at how mm-hmm. I can do these poses. And mm-hmm. I wonder with so much of this online, mm-hmm. how many people have real skin in the game? Yeah. yeah. You know, and I don't it's think a job it's that many. they're selling. Well, selling something, yeah, I don't think it's as many as we think there are, you know. But, you know, even getting back to, like, you know, our original question here around, like, really dealing with the heartbreak of the path, right? Like, I think we want, you know, a linear progression into this. Like, we... We want to be told that if we start at A, we're going to go to B next. Exactly. And B is higher than A, and it's like an ascension, right? Yeah. It's, it was greater and greater light, not greater yeah. and greater, you know, yeah. we're looking for that. Yeah. But you may very well start at J and, and go back. We're like, it's like this is nonlinear work, right? Mm. And you're like working, I mean across timelines you're working with the past and the future you're working with ancestors you're working across dimensions i mean you're working across frequencies like it's not this linear path and so when you come into really wanting to reduce suffering you have to you have to be like okay whatever comes comes right that's my work you know and the secrets of your mind right which we can <laughs> for many of us cannot ever fathom like all these layers of like experiences that are just Mm. so buried and unconscious how they begin to be uncovered and revealed and how that if you're not prepared for that it just kind of throws you off 
Because you're like, what yeah. is this? Nobody's like, talking if, about that yeah. in your yoga class with exactly. all the pretty people doing, you know, shavasana and, yeah. you know, blissing out. And, yeah. and I'm not, and to say that that's okay, those are beautiful experiences. Right. But, but let's get real here, folks. This is this path and, yeah. and everybody's, you know, there's a kind of, we're all collectively doing that, you know, even as a spirit rock teacher, I would yeah. see the flyers for spirit rock retreats, mm-hmm. you know, and they'd mm-hmm. have these pretty people blissed out sitting on the hill. But that's not <laughs> what I saw when I was teaching. I saw people in sweatpants crying, Kleenex is falling yeah. out of their pockets in mm-hmm. deep distress, working out their karma, yeah. feeling things, the struggle, the, this embodiment process, yeah. what we're asking people to do is, is to be here in their bodies. And this mm. is, you got to look at everything yeah. here yeah, and to be begin. willing. Yeah. The willing, exactly. The willingness, right? Yeah. Like you have to, this is the, the path of like learning to name where the struggle, where the suffering is and learning how to take care of that and to release that energy, right? You know, so that we can actually expand more and more into this experience of clarity, wisdom. Like we start getting clear. The more we get clear, the more we begin to understand how to choose what feels liberating, not to like constantly react to and choose the material that's going to get us deeper into these cycles of suffering, Right. Yeah. And I think also another piece that the Mm self-help movement Mm -hmm. unknowingly um, creates is this, you know, when you're deep in your trauma, it's like you're inferior. You know, you're feeling this suffering is like, wow, you just don't get it. You're just not. Wow. You're depressed. You have, you know, or or, or you're feeling this, you're crying or you feel this Mm -hmm. terror and wow, you're just not really on the path here, right? Mm-hmm. And so this also leads to like a sense of failure. And we already hide our suffering. We we know that in the yeah. West is pervasive, right? Yeah. This kind of hidden part, you know, we just pretend. Yeah. Um, but I think it, 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 even society, as we're bringing out, even it goes so deep, right? Our society, as we're bringing out all these issues with power and race, we're being yeah. attacked for it. Yeah, you right. guys are focusing on the negative. You're racist because you're talking about <laughs> racism. Yeah. It's you, right? Yeah. And it's this kind of, so we're fighting against this kind of culture war mm. that to bring up anything, you're attacked for it. To, yeah. to, to name is also, you know, dangerous yeah. in a way with our culture. And that's what yeah. I had a fear about your book. I was like, yeah. oh my God, it's so vulnerable. What if people start attacking you because you're just so raw? Well, well, that's that's a really good point. And I remember, remember us going into that. And for me, it's like, I mean, I, I mean, I, for as long as I can remember, I've been really concerned with people, you know, and people suffering and trying to help folks, right? And then when I got into like really formal activism, like, this is the first thing you learn. Like, of course, like, you're going to be actually triggering people. Like, that's, and for me, like, and having studied the lives of so many great change leaders who actually were killed, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Medka Evers, right? Malcolm X, Dr. King, you know, just to name a few people who really lost their lives 
because of the work they were doing to free us, you know, to free Black folks, right? I was just like, of course, that's part of like we what we have to deal with and negotiate, right? And so even with the book, it's like, yeah, like I can I can write in such a vulnerable way, but like I've done the work to be able to offer that and to let that go. So whatever you need to say, you should say it because like I've already done the deep work, right? Where it's like, I am very clear about how I have experienced freedom through this deep emotional labor that I've done for for myself, right? And so mm-hmm. the ways in which you attack me is actually, is actually about the ways in which you're trying to bypass your own pain and weaponizing that reactivity against me and I just don't consent to that. I'm like, this, this has nothing to do with me. This has everything actually to do with your own suffering right now and how you don't know how to take care of it. So exactly. you're trying to annihilate me right. and get me out of the way, but I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, they're going to blame you. Rod, yeah. I wanted to feel good. I wanted to feel happy. And now you, by you sharing the depth yeah. of your own yeah. trauma, mm-hmm. it is a mirror. Right. It's like, Rod, I didn't want to hear this. I wanted you to take me to, you know, happy land. And now you took me into your trauma. (laughs) Now I have to feel my trauma and now I'm pissed. You know, it's like, give me my money back. But it's like, no, this is it. And then like, and that means that you shouldn't read everything you put your hands on, you know? And that's what my my teacher actually gave us a talk about that. He was like, because there's a book about it doesn't mean you should be reading it. You know, <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> well, that's good advice. Well, I say to people, read at your own risk because if you want to be free, yeah. you will you will take this as a mirror and you'll look. But if you if you want some kind of self help gratification or a way to just yeah. you know try to get to the light realm, yeah. you know, or avoid. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're not going to enjoy your, the process. If you want to go mm-hmm. into it, go into it. Let's do it. And that's not us. That's not what we do. So don't don't come to our books talking about yeah. you know <laughs> talking about what you want, how you wanted to feel happy. You will, but it's a deeper yeah. happiness if you're willing mm-hmm. to really get down to it. Yeah. I mean, this is and this is what I feel is so potent, and this is why we like working with plant medicine. Is why. You know, we want to cut down and get to the real liberation here. And for those of you who want to bypass or you think this Mm -hmm. is rainbows and unicorn (laughs) only. Yes, there are rainbows and unicorns. We're not saying they're not there. (laughs) But if you only want that, then, you know, I don't know if you have real skin in the game here. Well, you know, that's why I wrote this chapter on work. And work. <laughs> yeah, know? let's talk about that chapter. <laughs> I mean, because it's like what I begin to really see is that people aren't practicing deeply enough, mm-hmm. even practitioners, right? There's like this is a different situation than we're in right now. Like, this isn't surface level practice. You know, this is like going real deep, as we've been talking about, going deep into these depths, these causes and conditions, these roots. Mm-hmm. of suffering and the roots of the suffering of course is about delusion you know and and the and the narratives that we told ourselves that we use to cope or we use to protect ourselves from real pain like those are you know it's hard to maintain those narratives when everything is shifting so quickly and rapidly right you know and then therefore your work you know or your practice 
has to change. Like you have to like, you have to shift gears into something a little more rugged, a little more dynamic, right? You have to get, as I often say, it's like when samsara comes to you with a kind of intense rigidity, you know, like you have to like let loose, right? And get unpredictable. You yeah, know? a different strategy, a different <laughs> yeah. approach. You need a different approach and people aren't shifting into that different approach. So that's why I was like, okay, let's talk about what practice is. Let's get into it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, because mm -hmm. I don't think people, you know, people think they're practicing, but I don't think they, they're, well, they're not actually. They're doing something, but like deep, deep practice is not what they're doing. Well, they want to feel better. You know, yeah. this is, it's a, it's a kind of like, I get it. People come and they want to just like, they're, they're having a hard time. Yeah. They just, you know, they want to relieve, they want a quick fix. Mm -hmm. And I get it. I do too. A lot of times we wake yeah. up, like, give me the quick fix. There really isn't one everybody, mm -hmm. but you know, we could, it's a momentary <laughs> thing. <laughs> so we use whatever we use, you know, we hold on to what yeah. we hold on. Yeah. But, um, I think what you're 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 talking about is that because we're in this apocalyptic time, mm -hmm. because this is like I feel like it's it's Pluto. You know, we're yeah. deep, we're in the underworld, folks. Yeah. Yeah. This is the underbelly time. This is, and in that, you know, we do need to work differently. We do yeah. need to go in differently. And I I want to say that part of the challenge that I've experienced in my own path the mm -hmm. last six months is seeing the level of self-deception, yeah. you know, yeah. that the ego is protecting us from, it thinks it's protecting us from truth, mm -hmm. right? But when we, when we do this work, it does break your heart. Yeah. You know, when we get down to the deepest levels mm -hmm. of our trauma and our dysfunction and mm -hmm. our, our neuroses, yeah. you know, we're digging deep in order to let it go, everybody. Yeah. It's not to wallow in it. And this mm -hmm. is the key. We're not we're not digging in the boneyard to to you right. know lay down there forever. We're mm -hmm. we're we're going through a passage. Yeah. It's a portal. It's exactly. an experience. And um it's fire. Yeah. It's yeah. fire, you know, and that fire burns something away, you know. There you know, it's not about that, you know, we're talking about this suffering as mm -hmm. if we're negating that the light is there. Yes, our nature is that. Mm -hmm. But these obstacles and these delusions, you know, they're fighting back right now. Mm -hmm. That's why you're saying we got to go to another level of work, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We sort of, it's Kali. It's Kali-esque. It's yeah. Mahakala. Yeah. Was a kind of fierceness. Yes. Yeah, it's a fierceness. That's why I talk about fierceness. Like there's regular practice, which is work, W-O-R-K. And then there's like the fierce practice, the cutting through practice, which I say work, like which is W-E-R-K. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, work, totally. like work with a snap, you know, yeah, like, totally. you know, work, you, know, you have to work it. Like this is like, we have to start working this shit right now, you yeah, know, and start yeah. really cutting through it, really metabolizing it, right? You know, like, and because also the other issues that we've self-identified with the suffering, right? So we think it's who we are, which makes it even harder to metabolize and to release it because it feels like we're dying. Oh, you know? yes. I, I, I testify to that. <laughs> it, and it, we are, right? Yeah. We're, we're clinging onto these identities as yeah. being broken or being... Yeah. You know, we yeah, we hold on to the suffering and that's yeah. the danger of it. Yeah. Like you go down into the underworld and you start clinging to these dead bodies. Yeah. Yep. 
you know, and it's like, not you cut through. That's not you. Yeah, that's, you know, and I often say this about white supremacy, too, and I tell this to white folks, is that, like, you're going to have to, you're going to have to kill whiteness, Mm. and it's going to feel like you're killing yourself, right? Because Uh, that's how you're just so self-identified with that, with whiteness as this, you know, this ideal, this system, whatever, right? But to kill whiteness means that you're going to have to die in some way, and that's going to be really intense, and like, who has the courage to do that? Right? That's the kind of practice we're talking about. Like, and this practice, like your choice, right, to undergo this kind of transformative practice is really based upon how much you love yourself and how much you want to be free. And as well as how much you love and care for others and want them to be free from your violence. Like, you know, I think both of those pieces have to be there for us to choose to go into this intense kinds of of, of deep work. Absolutely. And this is the work of the spiritual warrior. Yeah. I mean, you're willing to break your heart, you're willing to dive deep, you're willing to go in the graveyard, you know, you're willing to die a thousand deaths. Yeah. You know, and then you rise out of that, something bigger, something more real and powerful and And, and, and that's what we need. And I think yeah. that that's the real path as a true spiritual mm-hmm. warrior mm-hmm. is someone who is willing to die every day to delusion and yeah. every day to their, and also as people of color, yeah. we also need to die to the, to the program too, mm-hmm. you know, white mm-hmm. supremacy programming that we have, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like both sides, right? We're both, mm-hmm. you know, the oppressed and the oppressor. Yeah. You know, we're dancing with that. Yeah. You know, and both of us are in the delusion of yeah. it, you know, yeah. from years of the conditioning. Yeah. But as communities of color, we, mm-hmm. we, we also have to do that deep work. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's something that we can get more into is like really diving into what yeah. the work is. Because I think yeah. what I love the most about your book mm-hmm. is because people are going to be like, how do I do it? I can exactly. barely manage. Exactly. <laughs> I'm freaking out right now. Yeah. <laughs> You want me to go deeper? How? <laughs> I don't even, I'm, you know, I can barely meditate. Well, that's, and that's it. Like, that's exactly it. And that's why I made the choice to be so honest and vulnerable. I knew people would be like, well, how do you do that? That's not possible. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, you know, and I was like, no, here, here it is. Here's like a very clear in depth, you know, analysis or exploration of how I've done the things that I've done, you know, because I think that, you know, in terms of Dharma books, Buddhist books, right, there's definitely a way that you can write a book and just have it just ask the teaching. This is the teaching. Just do the teaching. Right. You know? With but no disclosure. No, no disclosure. How you did it. No. Yeah. But people, people aren't, in, well, the people that I'm trying to talk to aren't interested in that. Like, they're like, okay, yeah, so you've told me, now show me. And not only can I show you in the writing, I can show up with you in person and have you see this transformation and change, right? You know, but mm-hmm. also, you know, you know, as I'm thinking about it too, I want to be very clear. I didn't really write this book for Buddhists, right? Like this isn't like, I mean, yeah, anyone can read it. Absolutely. But when you're writing, you know, like you have to be clear about who you're writing to. Right. And I was very clear. I'm writing to like young folks, Mm-hmm. I'm writing to like black and queer and trans folks. 
Um, I'm writing to people who are concerned about the world, but also who know that to be in the world and to do to have the impact in the world that we need to have, it takes a lot of personal and interpersonal transformation. People who get that, who are ready to go deeper with that, right? But I'm not really necessarily talking to like older Buddhist or really established Buddhist, you know? I'm not, you know, because particularly, you know, for those folks who are just like, I just want to be happy and comfortable, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not suffering that much. <laughs> or they just want to stay with their practice how it is. They don't want to yeah. use it to go like what well, we're talking about next yeah. level. They yeah. like, no, no, I'm good here. You know, I'm not, I'm <laughs> yeah. not really, I, I'm not evolving for the next, you know, yeah. this new era. It almost yeah. feels like there's like this, this gap between mm-hmm. those who are willing to go to that next level, yeah. right? To meet the challenges that we could be facing in this world. I mean, when we say apocalypse, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a powerful word. And I yeah. think we're training. You know, your book mm-hmm. is uh, not only a workbook, it's like a survival mm-hmm. guide. Right. Right. Exactly. Like we're absolutely we're training right now, you know, and I just don't think I just don't think a lot of people actually get the severity. No, no. It's not it's not just about the world either. It's not just about this reality and this 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 planet and this world system that we're in. It's more than that. It's more about like how are we wasting this opportunity to really get free from this cycle of having to unconsciously or without agency be here over and over and over again. Like I want to develop a such a revolutionary kind of care that actually gives me the agency to choose where I want to go and do work, you know, to, to actually help me to consciously say, yes, I'm going to go to the front lines and be uh-huh. right there to do work. Uh-huh. And for me, that's what I wanted to communicate about the Bodhisattva vow within this new context of the new saints. Like I, we choose to go where the struggle is, right and Mm -hmm. we choose it consciously we don't we just we don't get tricked into it we don't unconsciously get wrapped up in it no we see what's happening and we say that's where i'm going and to have that kind of fierceness that bravery but really it's love and truth telling it's like the deepest most profound love that compels us to go into the heart of suffering and to say i'm going to do what i can Right. I may not save a lot of people. I may not create a whole bunch of change, but I'm going to show up. Right. Yeah. And do what I can. And then when I can't, then I leave. I transition and then I'll start it all over again. Right. That's what I'm really talking about. Right. And, and I know people listening to this are like, that's really overwhelming and intense. However, like when you situate yourself in love, you are so overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly resourced. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of resources when you choose to go to the front line. And that's what we don't talk about either. Like you get you get the experience of space. So like actually you begin to feel like you don't feel so claustrophobic and trapped and rigid. There's a lot of fluidity and a lot of space. There's a deeper connection to emptiness. So everything that arising, everything that arises feels really transparent and translucent, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not as real as other people think. Yeah, you're not grasping onto it. You're not yeah. reading it the same. It doesn't have the same mm-hmm. meaning. 
exactly. As you it know? used to. Yeah. And this and this life, this reality is just a second. Even I mean, because time is non-conceptual and time time does not exist. So how long is is this work that we're doing in this life that we've chosen to be in? Like, how long is this actually? You know, it may seem like decades and decades, but maybe when we transition, we'll, we're going to be like, oh my God, that was a split second. Like, what was that? Yeah, that was just like, wow, what a journey. Yeah, You know, and then it's like, oh, I can do that again. You know, um, I mean. <laughs> After a <laughs> no, little I'm vacation. Like, well, at this point, I'm like, um, I'll take a break next Yeah, you know, next time break. Around, You know, don't call my number next. You know, that, I'll call and, you. <laughs> and that's really James Baldwin because yeah. he went straight into the wound. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right into the heart of it and yeah. spoke to it and gave speeches in the middle of it and wrote so eloquently about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm not your Negro. I have to watch that like <laughs> regularly. You yeah. know, that's like on tap. Like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, let's go through this again. And it's always yeah. like the first time. Yeah. You know, so I think what you're saying is, you know, James Baldwin is a true spiritual hero, yeah. right? Yeah. That could mm-hmm. go right into it and write. And and there's something that is deeply, I feel the inspiration in your new book connected mm-hmm. to that, to go right into the middle of this wound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and then just start writing this this like manual, mm-hmm. a and guidebook. To, yeah, yeah, a guidebook, mm-hmm. and to do it in a way that like where I'm not asking you to take care of me, like like I am I I am cared for, right? Either I mean, my practice takes care of me, like my ancestors take care of me, and so forth and so on. My communities take care of me you know, my practice, you know, takes care of me, right? But, like, writing in this way is, like, I'm just opening a window for you just so you can peek in and to see what's happening. I'm not giving you this work to do. Whatever work you feel like you're getting is actually your work, right? And I think sometimes we we can get confused about this, you know, as we've been talking about earlier, right? It's like, oh, I'm a rod trigger this thing. Well, I didn't whatever's being triggered was already there. Exactly. And that let let me let's reiterate this for a second because I think people nobody's triggering anybody everybody. This is let me give you a quick way to cut through a lot of delusion. Mm-hmm. It's your mind, okay? So if you read somebody else's traumatic story and you're mm-hmm. triggered or you hear something or you experience something, it's exactly mm-hmm. it's your work. Yeah. And when everything is a mirror, and I think this is a, a really important piece, is yeah. don't spend your time blaming everyone else when you're feeling something at this moment. That's, oh my goodness, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's it. Like, it's we're so trauma identified Yes. right now that like, it's, it's like a minefield, right? Oh, and, yeah. It's explosions of everyone blaming everyone else for their triggers. You for know? me, you know, and again, from us, for me, from us, right? Like, we I just want to say clearly that, like, well, I was just speak for myself, you know, for now, but like, just saying very clearly that, like, the work that I've done with, with my own trauma has really meant taking responsibility for my trauma. Because if I don't, Again, name it, take responsibility for it, then there's no way I can tend to it. And right. the tending means releasing, letting go, metabolizing, right? Um, and if we keep 
I don't know. Like, you know, I, I, just, I just feel like we expect other people to heal us when, in fact, much of the labor is healing ourselves. Well, that's, I mean, that's so much of that. And, and that's what's heartbreaking, Rod. That's yeah. what, when you get your heart really broken is when you yeah. realize nobody, I mean, I had this recently, yeah. right? Getting, yeah. Trying to get into a new relationship. It was like, save me from my childhood pain. It's like, oh, right. well, this is your, you know, and, and, and it was beautiful and heartbreaking and glorious and, and to take responsibility. It was also deeply empowering. Like, I can mm-hmm. fix this. I have capacity. We have what it takes to work with our pain. We're learning new strategies. We're learning new ways. We're learning more about how to take responsibility. You know, we want to, mm-hmm. often we would give it to God. God, heal this. Sometimes that works. Yeah. But a lot of times it means you got to work, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> the real work, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. God's going to hand you back your, your you know, your task and, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to do it. It's just not as simple as just praying in a way, yeah. you know, we'll get guidance, but then we're going to have to put on our work boots, exactly. pull on our overalls and get yeah. down to it, yeah. you know, which exactly. means feeling and being and, and, and utilizing all of the deep advice yeah. that you lay out in this book, how yeah. to do it. So it's not just like we're talking about this and we're leaving yeah. you on your own, everybody, because some people go, this is impossible. How do I yeah. heal my deep trauma? Yeah. This show, this podcast is yeah. going to start going deeper and deeper into strategies. What does it mean to be embodied? What is? How mm-hmm. do we use these? the new saint's handbook? How do we, like, that's mm-hmm. really the point of this. How do we what are the liberation practices yeah. and how do we dive deep into them? Because this is really the advice that I feel like we are uniquely positioned to yeah. offer. Yeah. You know, it's, we work so much with our own trauma and I'm mm-hmm. constantly churning mine around, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm out there, I'm in it, you know, yeah. and, and I'm seeing the liberation that comes deeper and deeper layers um, of delusion and then taking responsibility. And that's it. Like, that's important for us to point out is that, like, when you choose to do the work, you will experience liberation. Yes. Right? You'll experience the space, the fluidity. You'll you'll come to understand your yourself in a really different way and in, in, in such a, a way that's full of potential and expansive and generative. Like, you just let go of who you thought you were. Right? And you come into a real honest relationship with the phenomenal world. You know, and you're not so pulled back and forth by all the the narratives mm-hmm. that we get lost in that help us to cope with the intensity of the world. Like you just kind of start letting that go. And then you're like, okay, whatever happens, happens, right? You know, whatever comes, comes. It's like because you you have a practice now that can work with and negotiate and metabolize everything that arises. And that for me is why the world has shifted from being so antagonistic to being an experience that's full of potential, right? Yeah, it's and, like school. Yeah. yeah. And it's fast yeah. now, everybody. We're in college <laughs> level, P, doctorate, post-doctorate level, yeah. and that's why we have to have new strategies. This yeah. stuff is moving fast, too. Yeah. It's, it's just flowing. It's flowing, you know? Yeah, and then, like, you know, I'm not afraid like I used to be, of my own brokenheartedness, of my own pain, my own trauma, I just say, oh, like, this is, you're asking to be cared for. 
mm-hmm. intended to, right? But the speed of everything makes that even quicker, you know, which I've definitely noticed. Like, oh, I'm I'm moving a lot quicker through things. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I don't hold on, I don't fixate like I used to. I just let it go, you know, and keep getting deeper and keep expanding, right? Um, which is again the the fruits of practice. Like it doesn't it doesn't just automatically happen. Like you have to be really working with practice or practicing really deeply to see these kinds of fruitions happening. Like yeah, you but you can't... show us what's possible. You know that how yeah. to do it, and I yeah. I think that that's really um, the key. You're and you're right. The brokenheartedness is a stage. You yeah. know. It's a, it's an experience that does cut through something. It's like, I just came out of a deep heartbreak, old family, father Mm. wounds and, you know, and was so brokenhearted, but as the pieces come together, it's more buoyant. It's more, it's like lighter, you know, and we have to trust that we go through these cycles and that the, the more our hearts are broken. I mean, James Baldwin's heart was broken. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My God. Mm-hmm. My goodness, it was broken by what was happening in this country and racism yeah. and homophobia and hatred. and um, But our brokenheartedness can serve yeah. us to kind of move into this um, loving action because yeah. he wasn't violent. He, just spoke, he spoke out about, you know, mm-hmm. violence. How do we embody that energy of moving? Because mm-hmm. a lot of... And, you know, mm-hmm. this is a whole nother conversation I think we'll have to have about the current state of activism mm-hmm. and the violence that might accompany this, mm-hmm. you know, apocalypse mm-hmm. that is inevitable. You know, I'm surely it's happening all around us. Mm-hmm. But how to embody that deep compassion that James Baldwin had, this this, this true spiritual warrior, you know, oh. embodies both the brokenheartedness and this ability to have this compassion mm. and know that we're doing all of this for love, that all of this is exactly what you said. It's the love that's moving us. It's the love that gets us out on the front line, yeah. you know, writes these books, yeah. you know, yeah. speaks this truth. It's love yeah. that makes us, you know, tell the truth. Yeah. Well, for me, the love is wanting people to be free from suffering. Yeah. I can only love people like that because I love myself enough to want to be free from suffering. Right. You know, that's that. But the the intention begins with ourselves. Like I recognize my own suffering and I know that's that's not a place I want to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I I know now that there's a different experience, my true experience, my most authentic, awakened experience. That's where I want to be. And this isn't something I choose any longer, right? So if I am making this choice, then I begin to develop a deep sensitivity to how others may be lost or confused about how to make the same choice, especially when they want to get free, right? So the love compels me to show up as an agent of change and liberation for others who are ready to get free, right? But you have to consent to freedom. Like, that's something I can't show up and force you. You have to, to surrender everybody. You know, you have to surrender. Just like Harriet Tubman couldn't pull or drag people off the plantation, right? She's She was like, here I am. Who's ever ready? Like, meet me here, yeah. right? You know? So she wasn't, like, just recruiting, you know, and arguing with people, right? You know? Um, she was like, no, like, when you're ready, I'm here. 
right? And that's that's what we have to understand about. And this is what I've been teaching about for for a couple of weeks, you know, is that like you have to like get clear about if you're ready to get free. And a lot of people aren't. Yeah. You know, and if you're not clear, then you're gonna really misunderstand what I'm doing. Because yeah. this is gonna, you're gonna fight with it. You're gonna fight. We're gonna we're gonna yeah, we're gonna have a fight. We're gonna get <laughs> we're gonna get real argumentative, right? Because like I like I'm I'm getting the hell out of here, right? Exactly. You know, and I'm like whoever is ready Here's what you're I'm like doing. Harriet. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I'm going. I'm going. Yeah. You know. That's the thing with the book. It's like, yeah, I'm like, this is like, if you don't like it, you don't like it. Fine. You know? But like, if you're ready to get free, you're gonna find something valuable. Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. Book. And when and you might you might fight with it for a few months <laughs> and then come to love it, you yeah. know, because that's how books are that have real power in yeah. them. You argue with the truth what's yeah. being shared, what's being triggered, Yeah, you know, yeah. and then stop blaming others for the trigger and go into the process. And then a door could open. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I, that's my experience. I've been finding these doors, you know, I yeah. fight with them. Mm-hmm. We all fight with this. Nobody wants to get, go into a broken heart. I mean, it hurts, yeah. you know, but this, Absolutely. but it can it and, always heals. It's and, always. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. maybe not always. It could take a long time, but you know, this is the journey we sign up for. Yeah. You know, these are the experiences that happen yeah. on the path. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. And I just, you know, think that, you know, with brokenheartedness, right? We're not the only ones. No, my you God. Know, like that's and that's the first oh. thing that I think we have to really contemplate, you know, it's like I'm not the only one with a broken heart. Everyone else has a broken hearted heartedness. Or like everyone else, so many people will experience broken heartedness, right? It's just this is not a punishment necessarily for me, but this is a part of my experience of being human. Yeah. And moving through the complexity of a world that it arises from emptiness but seems so real and how i am trying to negotiate that and trying to get clear about what it means to actually transcend the cycle mm-hmm. at the same time like that's what we're trying to do so i'm not so afraid of my broken heartedness anymore because that's a part of getting free that's a part of getting clear about who i am and what i want and need and my expectations and the ways in which I hide out from my pain and expect other people to take care of it. I'm mm-hmm. learning moment by moment, like how to tend to these things and how to reduce the likelihood of like intense brokenheartedness, you know, based upon all of these like illusions and romanticizing about like how someone's going to swoop in and, and take away all my suffering. You know, no, that's someone's going to, that's a deep belief though. And when, yeah. it, you, when that goes, you really like, it's a, <laughs> it gets real after that. Yeah. When you realize that it's like, yeah. y- you got to tend to it. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, yeah. but that, that's why we call you the commander The commander. <laughs> because you're not afraid of that brokenheartedness. Mm-mm. You know, you're not afraid of it. I mean, you know, and we're, and that's the path of the spiritual warrior is we're willing, I think the true, Bodhisattva, spiritual yeah. warrior. I mean, that's the heart of the bodhisattva. They're yeah. willing to get brokenhearted well, 10,000 times. They know yeah. they are going to be brokenhearted. Yeah. They they are, you know, and they keep stepping in. Yeah. So and that's, beautiful. Oh, yeah, my God. I mean, it's just like 
when I was coming up as a young person, like in church or in activism and organizing, I was always so afraid of the elders who were just like so clear, so intense. Like they were like, this is it. This is the path. Like if you can't do this, shut up. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> like I had, I had people, I had elders like that. I was like, oh my God, I'm terrified. I just want to have fun and help people. They're right. like, we're not here to have fun, <laughs> you know? But, like, as I get older, I'm beginning to really understand where they were coming from as elders and that intensity, mm. you know, because they were seeing the ways in which we were just, like, so unfocused. Right. It's know? like the burning house analogy in the Buddhists, right? Yeah. We're all playing with our toys and the house is on fire. Yeah. yeah. And I, I realized, oh, like I had to train to come into that kind of perspective where I'm able to see re- a lot more clearly than I did as a young person. Mm-hmm. So I feel myself becoming those elders, you know, but not because, again, it's because I love people Mm. i want people to be free and i'm like i see i see what you're doing and i'm trying to offer you a clarity that you know i've had to earn right but i want you to start working with this clarity right as well because we don't have as much time as you think we do Mm. right that's what the elders i mean you get to eldership like that right you get into those advanced years and you're like oh this is almost over Right, you know, and so like they want us to to take time seriously, and in a sense that like we use time, we use the space and the time that we have to do as much work as possible, right? Because this world is not my home, right? This is just an experience, and everything that I do impacts how I transition and continue evolving, you know, yes. as a consciousness, right? Um, but this is a, you know, in a way, a workshop where I'm like really trying to get as clear as possible, and you know, and and lucid as possible because this is so much like a dream, right? I'm getting yeah. lucid and clear, and this is what I take and use to continue evolving on this mm. path, right? If I don't use this, then it's wasted. And in, a, in an interesting way, I feel like we just have to we that's that's samsara. Like when we don't get the teachings from the cycle, then we're forced to relive the cycle over and over and over again, like Groundhog's Day. Totally. You know, or the yeah, Russian, Russian doll show on Netflix, which I haven't seen. But like, like you just keep repeating over and over and over again until you get the fucking point. Yeah. Right and it, let me tell you, this repeat button, oh, it will play for a billion years. Yeah. I mean, that's the paradigm. That's what, yeah. that's what the Buddha's told us, right? It's like, yeah. oh, you've done this billion. You hit the yeah. play button over and over. Over and over and over it's again. It's so painful, this game, you know? Yeah. And then someone, then a bodhisattva shows up and says, listen, you can do something different. You can press a different button. Yeah. yeah you, you could get out of this. You could, you, yeah. you could learn. You could grow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's the invitation, everybody, is toward this growth. And that's yeah. what I love about this book is that it mm-hmm. is a manual. It will open your heart. It may trigger you. It may, you know, bring you great joy. Mm-hmm. But it is so important for the stage that we are now. And I feel like we need to have a second. Our next episode needs to be on the chapters and the work in each chapter the earth practice, you know, because I think that that's the thing is like, people are going to be like, tell me, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Lama Rod will tell you, we're all going to tell you all the steps and your life is going to be like, here you go. And it's all there <laughs> in the book. But, you know, sometimes we have to hold people's hands yeah. because they're standing on the precipice of their suffering mm-hmm. and it's hard mm-hmm. to take the leap. Mm-hmm. You know, they're stepping into the spiritual warrior mm-hmm. mode. They're feeling brokenhearted, yeah. right? And they don't see a way out yet. And yeah. so to offer them this, um, these beautiful strategies, yeah. these earth practices, these yeah. ways, that can, you know, so I would love for us to take another like part two mm-hmm. and really dig into, you know, just expand on the work, how to do it, what we're talking yeah. about what all this means, like really break it down again. It's all yeah. there, but it just helps to have a little bit more conversations, I think, yes. about on the, on the exact liberation practices that we're referring to, how to do mm-hmm. the work, how to get out mm-hmm. um, in a deeper way, I think, yeah. steps and yeah. practices. And, yeah. And just, you know, as we as we begin to close up, you know, for for this episode, I just, it's just, it just came to mind just to mention that like when you begin the spiritual path, like it's just, well, I'll just say, I'll just, you know, tell this story. Like when I began really getting like really serious about spirituality, like I just had no idea what I was in store for. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know. Get ready for. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, if you, Oh my God. Like if I, if you would have told me, at the very beginning, here's here's the roadmap. This is what you're going to go through. I wouldn't have believed you. I wouldn't. I don't. You know. I don't know if you know. I would have done it. You know. But I've been like, oh, whatever. That's not me. That's not going to happen. You know. But like, I just say this just to to let to let you know that we've all been through it. Like, and we, we're still in it, right? But like, like we started right and just had no idea what was waiting for us you know as a good friend of mine would say we just had no idea about the secrets of our minds Mm -hmm. right and just to know that like you're starting something that has been started and and moved through by countless beings before you're not the first you won't be the last but you're a part of like a really beautiful profound lineage of beings Mm. who have decided to get free decided to awaken and to remember their innate Buddhahood, their innate Buddha nature, right? So you're joining, as you, we would say in some of the language in traditional Buddhism, you know, you are, you become a child of a noble family, hmm. you know, like this noble yes. family that's working to get free and to help others get free, right? So if you really want to help start healing and doing, moving through this process of getting awakened, Oh, so beautiful. Yeah. While you were talking, I just had this image of all mm. these spirits, you yeah. know, and the spirit underground and yeah. Harriet and Dr. King yeah. and all the, you know, just the whole group of people who want to do this, who are yeah. wa- working their way out, mm. who are moving. And I just saw them all just walking slowly, step by step, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. that's, it's, that's really inspiring. There is a path to freedom here, yeah. everybody. It's an ancient path. Yeah. It's a secret path in a a lot of ways, but we're making it more transparent. Um, But yeah, so beautiful. Yeah. I love that image. Yeah. And well, you know, that image actually um, is the back cover of the book 
Oh, really? We've well, never seen it back yet. Well, oh, I haven't. We haven't released know. it. I have it, but we haven't released it publicly. But the back cover is this path that's mm-hmm. winding up the back of the book, and there are people walking it. Going. I think into, I just like, had the vision of it. I haven't seen I it. Think but you I just I, saw I, it. That's why yeah, I wanted I to mention it. Yeah, I just saw it in my mind, like, oh. you know, and it's so beautiful. Yeah. And so, and also let yourself or the listeners to take refuge in that. You're not alone. And there are guides and also the unseen world, everybody. The spirit underground is all of these spirits that are working with us. Yeah. You know, all of them, the Buddhas, the Bodhisattvas, the activists, Mm -hmm. those who have fought and died for liberation, for theirs, ours, the earth's. So know that when you do step on that path, right, we're on the... We're now walking on a path with millions of people, but also billion spirits that are guiding us. They have real compassion at the heart of it all, you know, and they want us to be liberated. So, so this is a journey, you know, so beautiful, so heartbreaking, so beautiful. It's everything, you know, everything. everything. And you know what? You're right. I'm on an as need to know basis for everything. If they were to tell us our future ahead, we would never. Oh, me too. We just run away. You know. Yeah, we would. We would freak out. We would freak out because we don't know how strong we are. Yeah. And you know, so so stay in the present moment and get the book. It's epic, good, glorious. Mm. And I think I get thanks for you, Lamarad. You labored. You channeled. <laughs> I mean, I mean, my life was on the line, like literally. Like I was just like at the doctor's office, and they're just like, oh. "What's wrong with you? Like, why are you like, like my blood pressure was all over the oh. the map, and I wasn't sleeping, and you know, I was super anxious, you know." But that's that was me opening up all these portals, absolutely, and channeling all this energy. Like that was a that was really intense, and I think it was super super risky. But like I just trusted, mm-hmm. you know, because so yeah. Again, this book is so deeply channeled, and you have you to know? dive into those energies yourself. So yeah, you have to feel them <laughs> as you're writing them. That's yeah. the journey of writing these yeah. kind of spiritual books. Is that yeah. you're you're journeying, you're 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 letting go, and mm-hmm. oof, it is hard. I know that feeling of being like stressed and. Mm-hmm. Harriet took me through some stuff oh, too. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I Harriet. was like, thank God I don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah, well, you kind of did it. I did. I actually. Yeah, you, yeah. you were. You were. It you was were different. It was different, office. but like really intense as well. You know, you were running through the plantation, escaping. Exactly. But I was just like in these extreme waves of energy that was just like really like like altering like my body and like oh. everything you know and i was just like okay this is it like this is again what we agreed to do like i can sense into this this isn't this isn't just didn't just happen you know right. i said yes like even with going through the middle passage and ceremonies we talked about in earlier episodes like i wanted to do that i just yeah, didn't understand <laughs> I just didn't understand what it entailed. <laughs> right. But, you know, you do it and you trust your, you know, you trust the guy to trust the Buddhas and so forth. And they hold you mm-hmm. and you just say yes. And that for me, devotion and trust are just important for this yes. work. 
you know. Yes. And I just had this other, wow, while we're talking, I'm just having so many visions. I had this other vision, oh. you know, of, of just like what you were doing is like you were clearing like a portal yeah. for other people. You were like clearing a piece of the right. path. Oh, yeah. That's right. Literally with your mm-hmm. spirit, like I'm going to go here and then I have to clear all these boulders yeah. and this is labor. Exactly. Like you open a gate and then we all can start walking through that exactly. part of the path. Exactly. That's exactly what was happening as well. Wow. I was like, oh, I have to I get this it. cleared, you know, and get this out the way for people to be able to travel it, you know. But Hallelujah. You, you know, but I'm like, okay, what, what's my reward? For, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, what am I going to get? Exactly. You know, for this? <laughs> How do I get for all this labor? I you know. know. Well, you I, know, let's see. Yeah. Yeah, I want more than just being free. <laughs> yeah, we need some like we need some real holistic care. Well, you can send Rod your donations for his uh, epic, you know, massage treatments, acupuncture, healing treatments. <laughs> but I know you know you're going next week to do self care yeah. and do, you we know have and to, yeah. And this is like you know this this path that we're talking about, you know, we're, it's shamanic. This is, you know, we're all being called into doing this clearing work, everybody. I know we're not the only ones. I talk Mm-mm. to other people Mm-mm. and, you know, those are who are spiritual warriors. Yeah. They're, they're, it's work time, you know, and we're, we're clearing portals. We're excavating we're mm-hmm. sweating, we're laboring, we're in and out of hospitals. Yeah. We're, we're like, you know, this is, this is, it's a powerful time. So we give thanks for yeah. you. We give thanks for the spirits that are helping us. And I yeah. give thanks to all the spiritual warriors Yeah, and all our future saints, myself exactly. included. Like, exactly. let's just do this. Let's just do it. Let's get down. Let's get down yeah. to it. And, and yeah. we're going to be talking a lot about the real practices. Again, getting deeper into it as people find this book. Um, once you read this book, read the spirit of Harriet Tubman. This will give you strength. Harriet's there for this, you know, mm-hmm. she'll walk with you. She's conducting, mm-hmm. you know, so fine. You can rely on that as also your guide, you know? Yeah, so. absolutely. Okay, everybody, we're going to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much, Rod, for this yeah. book. As I mentioned, you and I will have great conversations in the future about all of this stuff. Yep. So um, thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you.